Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast of English composer Andrew Downs. My name is Paula Downs, I am Andrew's younger daughter and on today's show I am so delighted to introduce you to Andre Vrabets, outstanding principal horn player of the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra. Andre Vrabets has had an ongoing relationship with Andrew Downs since performing in Downs Sonata for Eight Horns both at the Church Stretton and South Shropshire Arts Festival and in the Czech Republic in 2005. Since then, he has played first horn on the recording of Downs' Sonata for Four Horns. He played on the recording of Andrew Downs' five dramatic pieces for eight Wagner tubas. Commissioned, performed and recorded Downs' Sonata for Violin, Horn and Piano with his Brahms Trio Prague. Played second solo horn in the premiere of Downs' Concerto for Four Horns with the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra. Performed the premiere of Downs Concerto for Solo Horn and Symphony Orchestra, and most recently conducted the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra in the 2016 Artismon label CD of Downs Symphonies and Overtures. In spite of his young age, Andre Vrabets, born in 1979, is one of the most seasoned Czech artists. His rich artistic experience has benefited from an intensive concert career as a soloist, chamber and orchestral player. Without further ado, here is Andre Vrabets. Hi Andre and welcome to our podcast. Good evening. Thank you so much for coming on our show. A pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. So you were 17 when you became principal horn player of the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra. Can you tell us about your life up to this point? How did you get into music in the first place? Uh, it was actually not that easy process because first I started to play recorder, which was not my, let's say, pleasure. It did not make much fun to me. Right. And actually it did not make much fun to my teacher as well. <laughs> so after two years of trying to master this instrument, he became very angry in the lesson and he just dropped the flute on the ground and he said this is not instrument for you so you should play something better so he gave me a trumpet and since i saw this instrument for first time i i fall in love with it so i started to practice quite hard and just in three weeks i had my first concert on trumpet (laughs) then he thought like yeah just like three weeks i played some children's song in uh, in my school and then after maybe four months or something like that he said i believe that your lips were born for french horn so he gave me french horn Mm -hmm. and it seems that from that moment i fell in love with this instrument and it was just like three years later i decided to be a professional musician so everyone he was just like laughing because I was so young. But I said, no, 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 I will try. I want to be a professional musician. And it became true a few years later, actually. <laughs> wow. So how old were you when you first started to play the French horn? Uh, it was about eight. Was it love at first sight? Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, it was love at first sight. Yeah. I was, you know, polishing my instrument every day. And I really <laughs> like shiny metal and, and I was very proud you know carrying the big case with me everywhere and it, it really makes a lot of fun to me so oh. I decided to be professional on this. That's brilliant <laughs> and how did you feel when you got the job of principal horn player of the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra? Um, maybe at that time I was a bit proud, self-proud mm-hmm. to say. <laughs> yeah. 
and could see all the difficulties and it also took so much process to master the skills for this position and it was also not very easy to hold this position because so many older players were actually not really friendly to me and not yet happy with my playing so in the beginning I was not really respecting their advices Mm -hmm. and that caused a lot of tension but maybe at the same time was the reason why I could stay the position until now because I was simply not losing my confidence and and my nerves so that's why I'm actually doing this job for over two decades yeah wow The first extract I'm going to play today is from a recording you played on of music by Andrew Downs and this is a movement from Five Dramatic Pieces for Eight Wagner Tubers. Please tell me about Wagner Tubers and what they are like to play. Ah, Wagner Tuba is an uneasy instrument because however it has the same range like French horn, you use the same mouthpiece and the technique of playing, fingering, everything else, it's absolutely the same like French horn. It is the the size of the bore, which I mean of of the instrument that makes a lot of troubles to the sound and however the sound is such beautiful and rich mm. and mellow it's not really easy to play the instrument especially when considering the tuning and the legato playing or what else mm. you know it is just not not really easy instrument but I must say that your father, because he, he knows the horn perfectly, so it seems like he knows perfectly also the Wagner tuba, so the way he wrote it for the Wagner tuba was very uh, helpful. However, it's quite a virtuoso playing mm. on the Wagner horn, and also the instruments which they created today are, would say, much more advanced than the instruments we had before, so it's actually much more easy to play it now, but it's still a tricky instrument. And how often do you get to play them? Uh, I must say that every time we have a Wagner tuba in our orchestra when there is a repertoire which requires Wagner tuba. I usually ask my colleague to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And the the good news is that he likes it. So we have have four people in the section who love to play Wagner tuba and four people in the section who hate it. And I'm one of those who hate. (laughs) Oh, right. I I, I can enjoy as well, but he's always happy to do it. So, I mean, it's the Mr. Wobosheo who is playing the first Wagner tuba in this lovely recording. So he really likes to do so. So every time we play Wagner tuba, I usually play the first horn and he plays the Wagner tuba. <laughs> I see. And how often do you get to play a work for eight Wagner tubas? This was actually a very rare occasion because in the best case, you need uh, four Wagner tubas in the orchestra. Mm. Because I mean, for like Bruckner symphonies, you always need a four Wagner tubas. For Stravinsky Rite of Spring, you need two. And I've never played orchestral piece which would require more than four Wagner tubas. So it, it's not really often, but uh, let's say maybe once, twice per season, we need this instrument. So most of the time it spends locked in the <laughs> musical <laughs> store. I see. Here is the first movement of Andrew Downs' five dramatic pieces for eight Wagner tubas, performed by the horns of the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra.
you can purchase that CD and WAVs and MP3 files at andrewdowns.com. You can read about all of Andrew Downs' works for Horn at the blog of his wife and publisher, Cynthia Downs, at andrewdowns.com. Just follow the link to Sonata for Eight Horns. So tell us more about your chamber music playing. I've been always very active on the field of chamber music and I'm still trying to keep at least one of my legs Mm. into the chamber music field. The most interesting names were like the bassoonist Sergio Azzolini, which is the world number one bassoon or like Maurice Bourg, oboist, who is one of the most famous French oboe players of the older generation. Mm-hmm. And there were some ensembles which I was joining. And to, to name some of them, it's like Prague Wind Quintets, which I was not a regular member of that, but was playing quite often. Or like uh, my Brahms Trio Prague or mm-hmm. Juventus Wind Quintet or quite, quite many ensembles. But not many of them survived until today because uh, both me and my colleagues become busy with their orchestra positions and their teaching and whatever, traveling. So only like two ensembles survived until today, which is the Philharmonia Octet mm. and the uh, Brahms Trio Prague, which is my most favorite ensemble, actually. And did you set that up? Uh, yes, that was my dream. And, and I, I set up, yes. That was my, my idea. And my that's my baby. <laughs> and that's violin, horn and piano. Yes. You have inspired the emergence of many contemporary compositions for various instrumental casts in combination with the horn. How did the commissioning of this particular work, Sonata for Violin, Horn and Piano, come about? It was actually my lovely experience with the music of Andrew Downs, which I liked very much. So one day I got in mind that I should maybe ask him to write a piece for us. He was very happy about it and he made such a lovely piece, which was actually our first contemporary composition for this ensemble. And since then we already received seven contemporary compositions, especially composed for this ensemble. But I must say honestly that this trio, this sonata by Andrew Downs is one of our most favorite and also most of them played oh lovely oh that's great and did you get what you expected yes definitely it's (laughs) it's both challenging for us as players and it's both very enjoyable for listeners so everywhere we play this piece we get a great reaction from the audience and we always enjoy it because it's really challenging but at the same time really enjoyable to play so we really like to do it oh that's wonderful Here is the last movement of Andrew Downs' sonata for violin, horn and piano, performed by Brahms Trio Prague. Thank you. 
You can purchase that amazing recording at andrewdowns.com. You have also done a great deal as a soloist. What was your most significant performance? Uh, hard to say. I'm, I'm not that active on that field, but maybe the most interesting performances were like my New Year concert with NHK TV station in Japan, which was broadcasted live. Wow. That was with the Nagoya Philharmonic or like my performance with the Peking and CPA Orchestra or maybe also the performance with the Czech Philharmonic in Japan in Yokohama where I played the Strauss Concerto. Mm. There were a few significant performances, but I was never like full-time solist. With all your chamber playing and orchestral playing, which do you prefer? Uh, I must say, I, I think I was born for orchestra, so that's the job which is mine truly loved. I think I give the best results on the field of orchestral playing. What is it about the orchestral playing that you love? I mean, it requires from you to be able to create a lot of colours and have an extremely broad range of dynamics. So, I mean, you can hardly use such a huge dynamic range in chamber music or solo. So, and it is also special because I simply love the orchestra repertoire. So it always makes much fun for me to play in orchestra. And I also have most confidence to play the symphonic repertoire. So I, I feel okay to play solo and I like it, but it's actually also impossible to be full-time solist on horn it's not a it's not a violin it's not a piano so yeah. even the horn solists are playing just you know seldomly so they they do not play that often like uh, violin players so yeah. there are only maybe like two or three players in the world who are playing horn and they are full-time solists so and um, i was definitely not that kind of person so i feel most uh, strong and confident in orchestra and chamber music and that makes me most fun <laughs> great moving on to the four horns concerto by andrew downs you were the second solo hornist in that yes i have a recording of the radio broadcast here which i would like to play i was actually at the second performance of this work in prague it was absolutely oh. wonderful so exciting to be there in the Rudolfinum in Prague and to hear such amazing players performing my dad's music. Um, what are your memories of the event? Uh, that was a big, big fun because mm -hmm. that concerto is crazily virtuous <laughs> and really challenging. So, And, you know, uh, our first horn player was Mr. Radek Baborag, who is one of the most famous horn solists in the world. And, right. uh, to be playing with him such a difficult and lovely piece was real fun and to say honestly Andrew was not saving the chops of any of us <laughs> because both the first and both the fourth horn are actually equally difficult so right. <laughs> it was a it was a real fun and and we actually had two performances because we played it live with the Czech Philharmonic and we also recorded with the Czech radio yeah. We had a lot of fun with that. And I would like to play once more, but uh, you know, it, it is also challenging for the orchestra. So oh, I don't, don't know. We can immediately find an ensemble who can, who can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here is Andrew Downs' Concerto for Four Horns performed by the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra on Czech Radio.
You can hear the whole of that performance at andrewdowns.com. And then Andrew wrote a solo horn concerto for you, didn't he? Have you yes. had Have you had other horn concertos written for you? So far, I have about, I would say, maybe seven or eight oh, wow. concertos written for me and dedicated to me. Gosh. But uh, Andrew Concerto is definitely one of my, let's say, two or three most favorite pieces. Oh, fantastic. And it is actually one of the most beautiful one of most beautiful and uh, I think every time Andrew writes something for horn it's always extremely well written for the instrument it makes a lot of fun because he he knows the instrument better than anyone else Mm. at the same time he wrote lovely music and he really knows how to challenge the instrument He, he he simply used the instrument to its maximum but at the same time, he always know how to write it so that you can play that all. So it, it takes so much time to practice. But at the end of this process, you can actually play everything, which I cannot say about other pieces, because sometimes you have a contemporary works for horn, mm. which are maybe less difficult than his pieces, but it's not written that skillfully. And, and finally, the result can, cannot be that perfect. So he actually really knows well how to compose for horn. And that's why at the end, you can give a really enjoyable performance. So you can enjoy both the music and both your playing. That's really interesting. Now let's talk about your work as a conductor. You say that in the realm of interpretation, it has been my seemingly unattainable dream for audiences to get the chance to perceive the music as it was heard and realised by Beethoven, Vorjak or Hindemith, but for listeners to hear nothing that is Andre Vrabic. Can you tell us more about your philosophies on conducting? Uh, it's very simple for me because I actually believe that the composer, it's almost equal to the principle of music. For me, the composer has actually a direct talk with the god. And, and I believe that it's the god who is just, you know, dictating the music to the composers. And I believe that we conductors are not equal to composers. We are just like a craftsman. Maybe we, we are very skilled craftsmen, mm, but yeah. <laughs> we are still only craftsmen. And the best thing we can do for their music is just to try to understand it and perform it as perfectly as they probably wished and with the intentions they probably had in their mind when they were composing it. And, you know, what I don't like in the world of music is that sometimes it's the conductor who is being celebrated as a god Mm. and it's the composer who is just making music for his adoration, you know. So it seems like the, the interpreter is the most important the music just serves to the interpret to show their skills or their you know ideas or ideals Mm. and i i for me i just believe that it's the music and the composers who really close 
closest to the music and and we are just we are just workers who should do their best to interpret their music to their perfection you know yeah so that's why i say i don't want the audience to hear andre roberts i just want Mm -hmm. them to appreciate the music as it was composed and as as it was intended to be played yeah that's wonderful you also talk about the psychology of the players as being vitally important to being a conductor can you tell us why? Uh, because I believe that I can actually see as a home player in the top symphony orchestra that often conductors don't really know the orchestra sometimes and they do not have enough respect to it. Mm-hmm. Because for conductor, it's actually every player, it's their instrument. So, I mean, if you play horn, you can just do it your own and you don't need anyone else to support and you can get a great result. But as a conductor, you cannot do anything without your players. Mm. So you should perfectly respect your ensemble and you should perfectly know your ensemble. I don't want to address anybody, but uh, it is often like a pianist or some other players who, who never had an experience with playing in orchestra and they just got a dream to become a conductor mm. and they don't know really how the orchestra works. And of course, every orchestra can play quite nicely if you just give them one, two, three, four, and then they can play. Mm. But they can very quickly recognize if the man who is in front of them with his button really knows the orchestra and knows how to how to inspire it and how to how to control it and how to you know resonate or whatever. Then they really follow a different way. And it is also a lot about the psychology because. Uh, you know, so many conductors actually think that the players are their servants and they treat them like that. And I just believe that I am servant for the players, not opposite, you know. Yeah. And I, I yeah. But if you play in the orchestra, you got sense for this because you know what irritates the players the most. And you will probably try to avoid such a behavior or such an approach or such a, you know, style of your work. So I believe that every conductor who mean his job seriously should have an experience of playing in orchestra. We're now going to hear a movement from the CD of Andrew Dan's Symphonies and Overtures that you recorded with the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra, an absolutely wonderful recording. Do you have a particular movement you would like me to play? The third movement of Symphony Number no. 3, which was very, very challenging because there are so many passages that are actually running in different metrical structures. Mm-hmm. And it was the, probably the most difficult part of our recording. But uh, the result, it's such nice that I'm, I feel a little proud for being able to bring this on the CDs. This is Movement 3 from Andrew Downs' Symphony Number no. 3, Spirits of the Earth. Thank you. 
That was the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra under Andre Vrabets from their CD of Andrew Down's Symphonies and Overtures, released by Artisman in 2016. You can purchase this CD at andrewdowns.com. Why did you agree to record Andrew Down's Symphonies and Overtures with the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra? Because he offered to me, and anytime he offered, he would offer anything to play or record for him, I'm happy to uh, to do it, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, it was a great chance, and yeah. I was very, very happy for having such a chance, and I'm very grateful to him that he was able to, you know, fund this huge project to be able to bring it on the light. So it's a real challenge, and I'm very, very grateful for that. So anytime he needs to record anything, else I'm always ready (laughs) that's amazing yeah because he he was over the moon that you did this so yeah we're all so happy with the recording the pleasure of us on both sides definitely (laughs) fantastic um can you tell us about the recording um how did it work and what was everyone like to work with I was very surprised that uh actually everyone liked his music very much on first listening so Mm -hmm. you know it's not always that easy with modern or let's say contemporary music that every uh, player in the orchestra seems to enjoy and be involved and support but in this case it was really like that so i could see that the players are enjoying his music and that they really like it and support it and and you know always in the orchestra if if the session is too long or you are talking too long or you are rehearsing too long time or i mean you need to repeat some passage a couple of times or always some players become a little you know uh, stressed or yeah. whatever but i could see that finally everyone was really supporting this record and and i i, I actually believe that everyone who listened this recording can hear that that the orchestra was playing with fun and and uh, support yeah, definitely. You can definitely tell that. What performances do you have coming up in the future? There are some concerts on the Prague Spring International Music Festival where I conduct the final rounds of the competition of uh, oboe category. Mm-hmm. And then I also have some appointments in the summer. And maybe one of the most interesting performances that are ahead of me, it's uh, the world premiere of a new horn concerto dedicated to me, which was written by a Czech composer, who is actually a very interesting figure because he is uh, one of the top uh, Czech scientists. But he is also being recognized as a very talented composer and musician. Oh, wow. And he is also superbly talented home player. So it is like a little genius, <laughs> you know, composing music, which is really entertaining and really clever and charming. So I did not yet see any page of that horn part, but I believe that it's going to be great fun. And I'm very much looking forward to that. So that would be my dedicated concerto number nine or maybe oh, ten. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, good luck with all of that. Now, to end our podcast, I always ask my guests two questions. The Downs family is particularly concerned with music education in the UK at the moment, since the government has cut so much funding from schools that music may soon not even be offered at all. Why do you believe in music education? And why is music important? Because I think that music changed the mind of the people. And you can always see that the people who are enjoying classical music are uh, I would say more relaxed and more like respectful also and it just bring a peace to our souls mm. and I also think that uh, it is very important that the babies are you know trained in music I've got a daughter who is two years and a half oh. and uh, I can see that she's she's trained in music since the beginning so we were already singing into the 
Delhi when she oh, was still in. And uh, I mean, since since born, she's she's just surrounded by music, and I can see that every time we play music for her, or she does, because she, she's already playing some percussion instruments at the moment. So I can see it brings so much fun to her, and uh, she seems to be happy to do that. I just believe that the people who listen classical music are somehow more... Uh, the music makes us better, yeah. to say very simply. Yeah. Even if they never become a professional musicians or professional visitors of concert halls, yeah. it will never hurt their life. It will only enrich their life and make them feel better. And maybe they will not like it that much, but they will be less scared of classical music if they were used to that since their childhood. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on our show. It's been so interesting to talk to you. I've learned a lot. Um, Thanks so much for the invitation. I hope you've all enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. I look forward to seeing you next time.